having fun. Hi, oh. welcome to the drill. Steve Lowry, Tom Hofarth, our good friend John McKelvey, and look who it is, Petros Papadakis. Hi. Just love. Tommy, I think it's fair to say when we first started this just a few months ago, the first person we wanted to get as a guest was... John McKelvey. Miss Joey Heatherton. But <laughs> she's not available. But he was number two. And we love Petros. Petros, thank you. We know you're busy. And no, it's my there. pleasure. It's great to be here during football season. Anything for you guys. It's great to be here in Carson, California. Home of the Colts. Yes. The Carson yeah. Colts. And the I don't know Colts. if you guys knew this, but uh, when I was a younger person, we talk about it sometimes on the radio show, uh, my father, who owned a restaurant in San Pedro, mm -hmm. uh, opened a restaurant here in Carson in a building. Right. that the family owned, uh, I think still owns it, uh, called uh, Colt Burger. Really? Oh. As a celebration of the Colts. It had the big, beautiful sign. They spent a bunch of money, you know, big, beautiful turquoise, you know, or the, right. the color of the Carson Colts. And, you know, had all these great football memories on the walls. Right. And, uh, you know, was really quality. Yeah. Nobody ever went there. Could oh. it be that they misunderstood the title of the restaurant? Yes? Colt Burger? Some say. Oh, yes. I got you. Some yeah. say. Because mm -hmm. you guys used to own a horse. Well, that was after. And then okay. he disappeared. Yeah. No, he burned to death. Oh. <laughs> it was so I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm very sorry. But anyway, that's what I think about. I think about the greatness of the Carson Colts, my, my friend that yes. I played against, Favai Favai. A great uh, linebacker for the Carson Colts went on to play at Cal. Now his son so you, is playing at Washington State, and I do their games. So the great Gene, Gene Volnagel days. Yeah, oh. my 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 uncle Victor Pappas, yeah. longtime biology teacher at Carson mm -hmm. High School. Oh, right. Roots are deep. Nice. So it's great to be here in Carson, right off Main. And my brother-in-law is the brewer for Phantom Carriage, a fine oh, brewery and a sponsor of the show now. Hey, since we're yeah. talking about <laughs> bring over some beer. <laughs> you like sours? <laughs> I do. Christmas gets yeah. a little rough sometimes for the old P. You know, I was like, try this, it's new. And I'm just like, ah. Since we're talking about restaurants, I wanted to ask you, has, has everyone seen the story of the Dine and Dash dater? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, this yeah. is an awesome story. Yeah, no, this guy yeah, takes a bunch of girls out to bougie restaurants, tell them to order whatever they want. Has a wonderful meal and then he just, up. you know, he doesn't, leaves. doesn't eat too much to where he can't sprint out. He has to sprint. <laughs> yeah. Although he does order a lot. Like I saw in Long Beach, he ordered four glasses of wine, an app, a Caesar salad, two entrees, four glasses. and dessert. Just ordered yeah. the bottle. That's right. And then took off. I guess it doesn't make a difference too, if you're not right? going to pay. But with your restaurant <laughs> experience. to go? Really? With your restaurant experience, has that happened to you? Did you have a no, way to have to chase somebody No, we were a risky out? crew to take on. Oh, you no know, kidding. We, had a, we were a, an all-male outfit uh and a few of us were linebackers uh, right uh, you know we were all we you were all fear, tacklers you put the fear of the and those that weren't tacklers were where were holding the firearms in fact my <laughs> uh my cousin uh john christus uh had a rocket launcher in his station wagon i swear to god <laughs> that's not some kind god, of euphemism really isn't? help you in a fist fight like hold on <laughs> You know, as you run out to the, you know, load up, up the rocket launcher, set yeah. it up, you know. But Logistics. he literally, it was the 80s, you know, and he was obsessed with But the, you had nobody Vietnam stiff you War. on a bill? Uh, it, if it happened, I feel, I pity the fool, as they say back in the <laughs> wow. 80s when the restaurant was thriving. Uh, I, I thought I, it might happen because it was a very raucous restaurant. Sure it did. You'd have, yeah. to, you'd have my dad on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, you'll have a three-hour podcast. I probably did that while I was at the restaurant once. I probably ran out. Well, you were you probably did? just drunk. So your Uncle Tommy just made me take my cap off. When I was, was a kid, I saw a guy, because uh, my dad was really 
strict about, you know, making sure you were greeted when you walked in yes, the door. Partially yes. because it was a really bad neighborhood when my mother and father started the restaurant. And uh, I did once see my dad. And, you know, we were humble people, you know. We, we'd clear tables and, you know, yeah. wash dishes and clean the toilets. And, you know, my dad, even though it's his restaurant, you know, his hands were full of plates. And some guy was kind of walking and, you know, please go to the front, wait for me. You know, that, that's my dad. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, the guy said something kind of snarky to my dad, and he handed me the take these. And I took I took the plates, and he picked him up and threw him like a javelin uh, <laughs> out the door. And the guy, you know how the door opened, oh. and uh, Tom oh. knows. And uh, he went into the Look post, the you know the the, the light mm -hmm. post, and yeah. that you know he didn't get to 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 join his party. Uh, <laughs> so you know it was right. that kind of vibe, right? Uh, you know what I mean. So we we would not have tolerated right. that. He wouldn't right. have made right. it. You know, you yeah. have to be fast. You not only would have to be clever enough to get some girl to dupe her into paying, yeah. but you would also have to have like kick return speed to get out. Because there was only one way out. Yeah. You know, it's there not was. like the no. Cheesecake Factory where you hop a fence no. and you're gone. Right. You, know, you yeah, got to go through the kitchen. The rest, the yeah. If you go through the kitchen, you're going to yeah. die. Right. And if you and if you go out the front, I mean, that was you know, you're yeah. going through the hot gates of Thermopylae. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was not often tried. Yeah. But it's a good question. I, yeah. I never thought of it. It's weird because it, this story has resonated. The BBC is covering it. And I, I think people part want of it, some fun news. Right. I think people, no one would go through the hell of online dating. And of course, I've done that to convince someone <laughs> to go to dinner with you just to rip them off for a, a meal. So I think something must have, maybe a woman did that to him. And now he's blamed the entire female race. And now he's, he's finally going to get back well, at if them. If a woman something. did it to him, she probably just left a date. Gets right. Creep, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, hey, it sounds like you have some plans. <laughs> no, here. I swear no, to God. No, no, no. no. Steve. <laughs> the breadsticks are free at the Olive Do you know he could get, <laughs> I was looking, he can get 16 years. Oh, for man. this. Well, they, you know, they always pump that up. Right. You know, like, you know he should, he could get then, 25 years. Oh, he got off with uh, 20 hours of community service. Oh, I see. But then as you, as we were talking about, people probably confuse you for having a ownership in the Petros restaurant in Manhattan Beach. People think all kinds of weird things uh, about me. You know, when I, I realized how short people's memories were. Because when you're young, you know, you don't know. You know, you think, you know, your era of playing football was the only era. Right. You don't really realize that there's only going to be more football players. Right. Right. You know, yeah. not less. Uh, there'll only be more football players, and there'll be more dead football players. Right. Uh, so uh, I got more perspective on that when, uh, like, the first game I ever called was a high school player, Los Alamitos high school kid named Antoine Quezon. And, uh, and then I did his first game in college uh, at UCLA, and he had, like, a couple picks or something. And uh, then he played for, like, three NFL teams for, like, 11 years. And he's been out of the league for, like, 15 years. Right. Like, man, wow. I've been doing this a really long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, yeah, you just realize that time kind of goes under you. And uh, you kind of, you just kind of interpret it differently as you get older, too. Because I used to be, like, really involved and think, you know, this guy's the best of this of all time. And it's oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, you realize how subjective and relative everything is and really start to feel useless and futile. Well, ask him about that. <laughs> What's that? So one of the themes, one of the, speaking of feeling futile, one of the themes to our show is we always think that people who are not from L.A. want to define what L.A. sports yes. is all about. Yes. Okay, so that's kind of spent Steve's. Uh... Yeah, it was one of the first reasons we wanted to do the show. We got yeah. so tired of like a New York Times reporter parachuting in for three days and then saying, "Here's L.A." And for whatever reason, L.A. people don't really push back that much. For example, no, because we have a soft media. 
You yeah. know, we just want to kiss Laker ass. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's the truth. You know, a lot of our media is people, and it's a crossover with what the town is. You know, we yeah. are a, 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 a star effing town. You mm-hmm. know, we worship uh, uh, stardom and fame. And, uh, you know, it, it trickles into the way we deal with our sports and the way we uh, communicate with our fans. You know, right. we are a soft media just college football wise you know uh they're harder in seattle they're mm-hmm. harder on that u-dub coach they're harder even in uh, san francisco on cal and stanford much harder on their pro uh franchises mm-hmm. uh san diego i don't know you know everybody's just stoned yeah but steve gets a little bent then feels like we should re- take ownership of this so that's kind of what we're trying to do but i, I mean i think you're right but the, the truth is you know so many people interpreting sports from Los Angeles are not from yes. Los Angeles. That's not right. just the guy parachuting in for three days, but the guy that lives on uh, Manhattan uh, uh, Beach Boulevard. You know, those guys are also in, like, Colin Cowherd. You know, he's right. a transplant. He talks about living in Manhattan Beach, but he doesn't know where Norwalk is. Right. He couldn't tell you, you know, how to pronounce Gardena. He'd say Gardenia. Yeah. He'd say... I said Gardenia for the first year I lived <laughs> so, here. You know, and, you know, you, I mean, or uh, La Canada. La Canada. Right. You know, and, and, and little nuances like that yeah. are L.A. sports, you yeah. know. Uh, uh, this guy played at La Mirada. You know, John Arnett played at Manual Arts High School. Yeah. You know, to me, that's the yeah. stuff about L.A. sports. It I is. love doing that yeah. kind of stuff on my show. Whether it resonates or not, I don't care. Right. Uh, you know, we'll have Bruce Dern on, and he'll talk, we'll let him talk for 30 minutes, ramble on about a 4 by one race he saw right. in the Coliseum in the 40s because... That's, that's L.A. Stuff. You know, that's L.A. sports. You know, experience. to me, yeah. you know, that's the, and it's the Olympic, you know, it's, it's not, uh, well, Shaq came and, you know, right. the Staples Center was yeah. alive with corporate sponsorship. And, <laughs> right. you know, that's not, to me, that's not L.A. sports. L.A. sports so, is much more localized. So when you visit other cities, as you do as a uh-huh. broadcaster, do you have people try to say, oh, in L.A., they do this way? And then do you even, like, defend it? Or do you just like, let them go on and just, you like... You know, I think, uh, I think a lot back? of people that live here or are from here, and I hate to sound like this, you know, but it, it's the same way in any other, even, like, Greece. You know, I realized a long time ago when I was a kid, like, wait a minute, the people in the city are sophisticated. Right. They're, like, Europeans or Parisians or, you know... Uh, they didn't come to America. We're peasant animals digging up roots. That's why, my, you know, we are a bunch, of, we speak Greek like pigs, you know, we have terrible <laughs> accents, you know. We're from the village, you know. Right. Uh, any any American immigrant, like Italians, Greeks, and stuff like that, they came here because they were incredibly poor. Right. Uh, so, you know, you, know, you, you kind of have that realization about, you know, well, you know, maybe I'm not really like, uh, like I think I am. And uh, when it comes to Los Angeles or telling people how things are, People are just enamored with the place. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we have young guys on our crew. They they hook up with like five girls at a trip in Lubbock because they because it says L.A. on their oh. Tinder. I mean, right. I, it wasn't that easy back when we were young. You know, I mean, come on now, you know, like talk to people, right. call girls you on the phone, talk. and be like, "Is your daughter home?" Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you had to chat up the parents. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it was a different deal. Yeah. Now you just sleep uh, swoop in like the Midnight Rambler, like yeah. Mick Jagger over the wall. You know? Oh, I know. I'm just like, where did you go? We were, you know, you know, a bunch of married old guys out. The young guys, all oh, they just because they're from LA or they live in LA. You know, people are enamored with the place. They yeah. don't, they don't understand. Like, and when I start talking about Greece, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my perception of the way people see the world is just the way like Greek people see the world because those are the only people that I really knew who weren't Americans. You know, and they really think it's okay, cowboys, uh, <laughs> uh, New York City, right, and uh, Hollywood, right. And that's it. Cowboys shooting each other. Right. New York City. 
and Hollywood. Mm -hmm. That is the United States of America. And no Cleveland? No, I'm sorry. No, you we are fly so over. left out. No, I mean, unless they saw Major League. Cleveland, not big in Greece. <laughs> you know, I mean, but seriously, and, and uh, you, you kind of have to have that perspective. Now, when I travel, and I mean, I'm, I, this sounds douchey too, and maybe it's not the right word, but I am charmed or I enjoy America. Right. You know, I like seeing people. I like talking to people. I like going to places where people are friendly because I'm pretty friendly when I'm working. If I'm not working, I'm not so friendly. Oh, yeah. But when I'm traveling and working, you know, I, I like being around people. And, uh, and I really enjoy that. So I try to get to know it. Like, we're going to Illinois uh, in two weeks. And most people are like, oh, you know, Illinois is terrible. Mm. Lovey Smith can't turn it around. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking like, man, I get to go take another picture with the Red Grange statue, uh, yes. you know, and maybe they'll have the Red Grange or Dick Butkus jersey that yeah. I can buy, a T-shirt oh. jersey, you know, that kind of stuff yeah. uh, I like. And maybe I can get to La Bamba where they have the burrito the size of your head. You know, Matt tells me about it. It's a guy with a football uniform on, but the head of a burrito <laughs> on the sign. That kind of stuff is my, right. uh, that's what I enjoy. And, yeah. you know, and I think that's the... Uh, if you really love L.A. sports, that's the kind of stuff you like about L.A. sports. Like, you know, find no. me the building. Well, where... that's why I always thought you'd be great on ESPN Game Day. You'd be the guy who could just take people out and introduce the city to them. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I, I like working, whatever, but I, traveling is tough for me. But the Hollywood... <laughs> those guys travel a lot. <laughs> and the funny thing is the Hollywood thing that we get saddled with, people say it in such a way as if we don't work hard here. Nobody works harder as John can tell you, as people who are in show business. They're, they're getting up at 4 in the morning. They're out on the streets. They're lugging stuff. Yeah, there's two or three stars, but most of those people are incredibly hardworking. Most people don't even know L.A.'s the number one manufacturing city in America. But I didn't know it. See, there you go. L.A.'s a very hardworking town. Of washing town. machines, apparently. Well, that's... Another, oh, yes. But, you know, about, like, you know, fine Hollywood. But just yes. give me Hollywood in the 50s. Give me, show yeah. me the Hotel mm -hmm. Red Sanders die-in right. with a prostitute. You know, <laughs> yes. That's, that that's L.A. sports. Yeah, yeah, somebody finally wrote about it. <laughs> I know. Well, kind of. We, we talked they kind of wrote about it. missed your niche, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we, we set it straight. We got... I was yeah. on his show, and we set him straight. We, we had to. Yeah. That was, tired, uh... tired of the lies. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It's been, it's been 60 years. Can we just say the guy died in bed with a, with a toot? I, I think it's like, <laughs> you know, at this point, it's right. a badge of honor. Yeah, I mean, right. whatever. Right. Yeah. You know? So not to make this sound like the ac inside the actor's studio, mm -hmm. but we wanted a launching point of some questions to ask you and let you pontificate as much as you want. Please. Okay. You don't have to just, like, give one-word answers, but... So we made a list, and we thought this is how we kind of carry the show from here. Okay. If that's okay. good. So it's like... Although, What's that guy's name? Lipton? Yes. Yeah, Lipton? Yeah. We Lipton? Don't wanna, yeah. We don't want to be Lipton-esque here. Yes. But now I, I feel... That's like, it to Juilliard? I, I, I feel compelled to ask a washing machine question. Sure, because we ahead. know Fletcher, his son, My is, son, a, yeah. is enamored with washing machines to the and extent... appliances in general. Okay. Mm. But to the washing extent, machines... Mostly. As a six-year-old, we were told now that he repairs washing machines. Well, he could give advice. <laughs> He doesn't get in there, but he can tell you like, but he there's knows, something wrong with the uh, with the spin cycle, things like that. But he knows Maytag is. He knows the difference between Maytag, Samsung, top loader, front loader, stacked washers, uh, which ones use energy, which ones uh, are electric, which ones use uh, 
I don't know, coal. I don't know what the, uh, <laughs> He watches, like, YouTube on it all day. And then we go to the, uh, well, we can't go. We got kicked out of Home Depot. But uh, they let Did us. Did you really? Yeah, they just told us what we were doing was not cool. <laughs> that but, is uh, against God. At Lowe's, yeah. they're cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lowe's, they know Remember us. that Lowe's, our yeah, sponsor. They let us do whatever at Lowe's. Yeah. Uh, Especially after dark. Lowe's gets Sky a little Park. freaky. Yeah, you know, yeah. he goes around all the washers and... Uh, they just let wow. him do his thing. But, but he knows Depot, about recalls. Awesome. dicks at Home Depot. Wow. He can't do that. I was like, what? You can't look at the washing machine? <laughs> I remember my daughter when if she was young. If you're not buying, get out. Yeah, basically. That's what they when my daughter about. was young, if uh, a Chevy commercial came on and Bob Seger was singing Like a Rock, my daughter, when she was like three years old, would just freeze. Just stop. And you couldn't move her until that song was over. And the kids, there's stuff going Stand on there, Stand an arrow straight. Yeah. I was going to say, Bob Seger just kind of has that effect on everybody, though, right? <laughs> that's true. I think so. You'd hope not. <laughs> But I, you know, I love there. the bullet band, uh, <laughs> against the wind. So from our list of questions, we wanted to ask, of course, the, the, the uh, cliche one. What's your favorite curse word, and what do you think it says about you? I used to have a whole routine about my favorite curse word, but I don't know if that's the case anymore. You're allowed to just swear here? Is I guess. He does all the time. We never do. He's but, a fucking yeah. potty. There you go. There you go. Hey, 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 oh, hey, hey. I hey. would say, like, you know. You're this, a shitty potty. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I've always liked a good slap dick, you know, just to oh, call somebody a slap nice. dick or a cock slap. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the F word's pretty powerful. Sure. Because you can say it in so many different kind of ways, mm -hmm. like you know, like a like an astonishment, like an F, mm -hmm. you know, or like F, you know, like really mad. Yeah, you could really. Uh, it's so versatile. A Jesuit once told me, "Fuck is the shortest prayer in the English language." When it's said like, "Fuck," yeah. it's absolute surrender yeah. to your faith. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have been your best today. Yes, yes. <laughs> That was it. So we, we want to thank you. No, anyway. Uh, I, you know the question I was yeah. interested in that you were asked, Tommy, because you strike me as someone, I, I really enjoy listening to you, but you also strike me as someone who might be a tad restless. Your soul might be a tad restless. <laughs> so there's the possibility that you have thought about your life outside of radio and media. Yeah. If, if this was absolutely shut off to you, what other line of work or profession would you like to follow? Aside from washing machines. Washing, obviously, yeah. Uh, you washing know, delivery. I mean, uh, I'm, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, because I've done this, you know, Tom met me when I was transitioning or well, that doesn't sound right. Uh, <laughs> Tom, Tom I helped me when through. I changed uh, when I changed jobs great, from a college football, professional college football player for USC uh, to... Uh, I like to think we helped shape and molded you into a broadcaster. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and... Uh, we were the, he was the go-to guy for questions because no one would talk as much as him and say... Right. And things. I didn't really, you know, have aspirations to do this for a living. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then, you know, uh, it happened really fast to where, you know, I was doing a lot of bigger jobs that people worked really hard to get. And mm -hmm. I didn't uh, and uh, I didn't really realize uh, the gravity of that. You know, it never it still really didn't occur to me for quite some time you know, right. not until I got married and had kids. I just figured, you know, I could push through everything uh, around offending people, burning bridges, whatever. I could push through everything with talent, you know, yeah. I could push through everything with, you know, fire and brimstone. And I did that for a long time, right. you know, and now it's, you know, <laughs> uh, it's not, that's not a healthy way to be, obviously. It wasn't, that's how I played football, you know, and yeah. uh, so I've spent the last few years and it's been pretty painful uh, kind of deconstructing that 
and uh, and and still finding a way to perform and, and enjoy right. doing my job and and be better right. uh, in a lot of different ways. So uh, I guess to answer your question, uh, what I always think about romantically, which yeah. is not feasible and probably wouldn't work, and it probably wouldn't last ten days, but I would just go to an island and mm-hmm. go away. Yeah, uh, I. I would really love to do that. Of mm. course, it's not possible. I have young children that are right. in school. Uh, I, my wife probably wouldn't be into it. Uh, she doesn't. My realize. wife. I just have. <laughs> yeah. It's a natural reflex when you say that. I scream, my wife. She realizes that Greek islands are uh, probably not really habitated much right. during the winter. Uh, but you know, I would really love to see if I could be somebody that w- could just cut it off because. Uh, whether you're really popular or not so popular or you have people that listen and it matters to them mm-hmm. if you're on the air, and I'd like to think to some degree that I do do that, uh, you have a tendency to become really self-important about yourself on the air. You know, mm-hmm. you, have a, you become really self-important about, you know, what if, what if nobody hears my opinion today? <laughs> right. You know, and uh, that's, no, that's not a good look uh, right. for a human being, I right. think. Uh, and, God, I struggle with it, you know. And, you know, in this kind of work, you struggle with ego. You struggle with, you know, uh, comparing yourself to others, you know, even people really close to you. So uh, I would really love to reach a point in my life someday where I could just literally cut the cord Mm. and no longer be relevant in media, if I am at all, like, you know, just be done with it. Right. And, uh, and I don't know financially if I could ever do that or, you know, I, I do, I don't know if that day will ever come, but, uh, it, that is my dream. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, and what I really like doing is reading and, uh, and collecting music and, uh, really those two things and being with my family those i'm not really a complicated person <laughs> tom knows i've mentioned this to him that one and of my great figures. fantasies i like action figures. yeah is just to go to europe and not tell anybody and just be by myself and and when i say that to other people there's this note of recognition where people go yeah i think that is not unusual yeah. i mean I, I, I would want to be with my wife and children yeah of course uh, yeah. mine are grown know. but mine are grown now yeah, so, no, yeah. I, yeah i mean i just i you know, for, it's just a stupid pipe dream, and I'd probably mm. go and be like, "Oh my God, they're averaging three yards of carry, son of a bitch!" You know, <laughs> get me on the radio, get me an ISDN line. You know, what are, what are they doing? They're in a shotgun inside the five, son of a bitch! Stop it! You know, I mean, that's probably what would happen. I'd probably flip a yiddo and. You know, <laughs> but I my mean, wife would, would... always thought you would be a great uh, English college teacher. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With the patches on the elbow and all. That I would. Right. I would. I'd be. I had some great. I I I, I did love that part of college. Uh, and I think it's not an experience that most guys or most athletes have probably. Yeah, the Robin Williams poetry teacher. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, I had a lot of those at USC. And, yeah. you know, whatever you want to think about USC, uh, they had a cool English department. Everybody, yes. you know, big yeah. schools like that have cool English yeah. departments yeah. and they have cool teachers. And, yeah. You know, people that are just, I mean, when somebody's passionate to talk to young people about the past and about literature and about, you know, some like John Keats or something like that. And if you can translate that, I mean, that is so valuable to me. You know what I mean? I mean, I know it doesn't really mean much to most people. I, I asked my, uh, I asked my TV partner, DeMarco Murray, if I, if I could buy him a book, I was going to buy him letters to a young poet by Rilke. And, uh, he just looked at me like right. I was, I just, I, and I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm just, I'm probably just not going to go down that road. Right. Uh, but, uh, but to me, like, that's really powerful. Yeah. And I'm certainly, I'm, you know, I, I could do that. I, 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 would, I wouldn't want to have to write a paper 
to become a professor. No, no uh, I know. Yeah. I wouldn't want to have to do any work. I mean, I didn't have to apply to college. <laughs> is there uh, any work required? No, I wouldn't have to. you get an honorary degree? Yeah, Does that just, work? yeah, let me show up. Yeah. You know, and I could, you know, because I am, I could teach passionately about Yeah, that. you could. Yeah, a few different authors. <laughs> I enjoy that kind of stuff. Which authors? You know, I change all the time, you know. I've become a real Anglophile. Mm. Uh, I read, like, things like British detective stuff now. British detective stuff written by a woman in Connecticut uh, recently. Grimes. She writes a Richard Jury detective. He's, like, mm. an all-proper Margaret oh. Thatcher era England. <laughs> okay. Scotland Yard. Uh, before that, I read all the Conan Doyle again. Uh, before that, I read all the Raymond Chandler and a uh, guy named Ross McDonald, who's a Long sure. Beach detective. Mm -hmm. He wrote a guy named Lou Lou Archer, Paul Newman character, mm -hmm. uh, in one of the. the huh. uh, and so I, I got into a lot of noir, uh, The Third Man, oh, <laughs> uh, uh, stuff like that. But uh, my favorite author when I was growing up and the stuff that used to inspire me was like Robertson Davies. Oh, uh, was a Canadian writer. Right. He kind of taught John Irving to write. You know, I read A Prayer for Owen Meany, and I really loved oh, it. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to find out the root of it. I kind of right. do that right. with. I kind of do that with music mm -hmm. and you know right. and and football. You know, if I like, you know, if I like uh, a certain kind of football or like the Wildcat, it's like you go back and okay, well that's that's the wing T. It's a single wing. Mm -hmm. You know, so I like to do that kind of stuff. So. Uh, 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 I went back and found out that John Irving, you know, was taught to write by this guy, Robertson Davies. Oh. Or like, if you really like Charles okay. Bukowski, who was a local writer, mm -hmm. died, died in San Pedro. Yeah. The guy that taught him to write was another local writer from Colorado, but transplanted and a Latino guy named, uh, or maybe he was Italian, uh, named John Fanta. Fanta. Yeah, F-A-N-T-E. Yeah. Fan, yeah. F -A -N -T -E. yeah. Uh, Ask the Dust. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the, uh so that's kind of, you know, the stuff I, I enjoy doing. And I'm by no means an expert in any of it. I'm just a fan of... Uh, but that's the the beauty of your show with Matt for this long... How long has it been? 15 years? This is our 12th or 13th okay. year. Mm. Yeah, but the beauty of it is your show, as people know, is probably 20% sports mm -hmm. and the rest is... Yeah. Uh, and Matt always puts it like this. And, and more and more, you know, I, I actually, you know, sort of halfway hear what he's saying. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, uh, he puts it like... Like any good relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? Bet, Sometimes yeah. it sounds like the Peanuts guy. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, he says, like, you know, we're lucky because by the time we get on the air, everybody's done talking about everything. Mm -hmm. That's true. You know, and, yeah. and uh, I never really thought of it like that because I'd do it either way. Right. Uh, but uh, but it, it, it's true. And uh, if we do too much sports, people get mad now. You know, they're kind of conditioned to. And it's not like, you know, I use sports as a foundation. But yeah. the radio, you know, it's really interesting. I, I had a really interesting experience today. And I hope it doesn't sound self-serving because I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to be that way. But, you know, people come up to me, not, not you know, not in droves but yeah. when you do radio sure. you know you you connect with people in a different right. kind it's of very way intimate right. and you know I, I did a yoga class this morning like i do every morning and uh, a, a beautiful woman you know was older than me uh came up to me and introduced herself and uh she she's married actually for three weeks to a guy i know uh, an older greek guy and uh but she knew the show from way before that and mm -hmm. she said i was a caregiver and i had a dying man this man named brian and he was riddled with cancer and i was with him for years and the most important thing was the petros and money show oh. and i'd put it in his ears mm -hmm. and you know i'd listen along with him and i became a fan of the show you know and That's you guys cool. you know when you're in a room right. doing a show you don't think of and then i went and got my hair cut for the podcast and uh <laughs> 
So you know, they, not to be too sappy. You, yeah. know. Uh, you know, so then I went and get a haircut for the podcast, and I'm sitting there getting my haircut, chopping it up at the barbershop. Not like LeBron's barbershop, no goblets of wine and John Stewart, <laughs> but uh, but a barbershop nonetheless, and uh, in Redondo. And uh, I need to go to one. Yeah, no, you look good. No, uh, I mean, which barbershop? Uh, the one with the guy with the face tattoo. Is it on? Um, not the one PCH? deep in the Riviera, the one right off the thing. I don't know. The one that looks at the the back of. Uh, of uh, the Rocket Bruce. Oh, okay. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. South Bay Barbershop or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah, to that yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 I've been to that guy. Face tattoo. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's Upside the Upside down pyramid. With the, with the red building. The, face. the red building oh. with the... Yeah, I face know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Face. Uh, but Sorry. anyway, yeah, no, and a guy came up to me at the barbershop after I got my hair cut, and he was like, you know, uh, your show helped me talk to girls. Wow. And I was like, you know, and this is like a young guy with a tattoo sleeve, right. real good looking, and you know, 30-year-old guy or something. And he was like, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, the way you say tonight. Oh. And I was like, like, you mean the way Ron O'Neill says tonight in Superfly? I mean, I mean, because that's, you know, because that ain't me, dude. That's Ron O'Neill and Superfly. You know, that's just how we heard but, tonight because right. I would but watch that's it. exactly why I think listening to your show works because when you get into Lance Romance, you're not giving away crappy advice. Well, this is great. I haven't stuff. done it in like six months. I know, but it doesn't. It, whenever you do it, or when Matt does, yeah, yeah, his gambling advice. Right. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's legitimate stuff. It, it's not bad advice. It really works. Well, I've been to a lot of therapy, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I just found it was interesting. You know, that you have an old man. You know. And he's probably listening for a completely different reason, you know. And both people are their lives are affected, and it's mm. you know, it's just an AM radio show. You know, it's not. You know, and, you know, I, I resist talking about things that are really important to people to mm -hmm. a certain degree. Yet, but because in that, I think the show is important to people. Yeah. To, you know, just to kind of get through the day. And uh, more and more as I'm getting older, I appreciate that part of it, too. Because when I was younger, I really liked talk radio. It's kind of hard for me to be into now because yeah. that's what I do. For every once in a while, I listen to Tim Conway Jr. and I'm just yeah. like, this guy's a genius. Yeah, you know, this guy's so freaking good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but uh, that doesn't happen very often. I don't. I don't listen too much to too much else. Tommy, you're the media critic, so tell me if I'm right here. Their show has got to be one of the like key shows in kind of changing what sports talk is, right? Well, it's it's a natural chemistry that happens, yeah. and and some people are good at just talking sports, and right. some are good at not talking sports. And right. I think when you have that crossover, it resonates with a lot of people who are more like us that have other interests and and want to be more well rounded and learn about whose birthday it is today. Right. Like I that. just couldn't do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just couldn't yeah. do it. I just couldn't sit down and be like. I mean, I heard the other day they were going through the NBA's top 100 players. It's just like, fuck. Yeah, yeah I, mean, it's like, I mean, you know, or like, you know, hey, who's the best power forward in the West? Right. You know, who do you think it is? And it's just like, I don't know, man. No, F that's you. not even a discussion. I, I was on a Catalina boat the other day, and this guy worked for the NFL Network. He's like, right now, 5000 bucks. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? I was like, just throw your money off the freaking boat. Dude. Just shut up. You know, I'm hungover. Coming back from Catalina. I've been on looking a, at washing machines all boat. day. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We had a good washing machine at the there rental. Go. Fletcher Excellent. was very pleased with the wash. Very slow. I love Fletcher. He was not happy about the, the speed of the spin cycle. Does he like hand washing? Hand washing. Well, no, yeah. You know what he does? Yeah. He, he, he bought a salad spinner. Oh. And he uses, he puts soap in it and he's turned to and clothes and he literally Stop washes it. clothes and he does a slow cycle. Then he cranks it. Then oh, he does awesome. the rinse. So oh he literally Lord. turned a salad spinner into a functional washing machine and did his own wash. God. 
What this a genius. This kid is awesome. I was going to ask, was it a... Was, <laughs> Did you ever see the movie Rushmore? Yes. Yeah. Where uh, Bill Murray goes, never in my life did I think I would have sons like these. And he, they lock the door on him. And he's like, Unlock it! That's what he did. He does that all. He locks the door on me. He's like, right. <laughs> grabs his crotch. I'm like, what? what is... And it's That's like, awesome. I grew up in such a violent house like, where they hit us all the time. Yeah, and I've never hit him, but yeah. I've never wanted to more, you know? And it's like, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, know. And, and it's like, he's violent toward me. And it's I like, know. wait a minute. I don't hit any. Why are you violent toward me? What happened? Yeah. Is it just bread at, in the bone? I run into him at a fat burger and the first thing he goes, don't let him hit you. Really? Well, he punched Tom right in the face. <laughs> Damn. He Tom has hit, a face like that. Though. Yeah, he, you're, yeah. you're sockable. Yeah. There's no doubt. I was going to ask when when you and Matt got together was this was this a conscious decision where you said hey let's try to do something different no, or was this a natural it, kind you of know thing? I mean I think Matt was still figuring out what he wanted to do in yeah. sports talk radio like daily sports talk radio he had yeah. done sports for K Rock and he worked on a morning show which was you know much more inclusive with with all the other stuff and yeah that, that fact they had to be really light sports yeah and Matt's much more intense with sports and you know watching everything and keeping up with the stats you know much more than, yeah. than I am you know he's got more jobs at this point yeah uh than i do so uh uh i think matt knew that that i would be good with him yeah you know and and we talked uh a lot and don had tried to hire me before uh for something else and then fox sports radio the national one tried to hire me before for something else but i, I wanted to be on in the afternoon in la yeah. so you know that worked and matt and i came together uh, we had a relationship and we knew each other from before and you know it took a while to figure it out mm -hmm. uh it's still <laughs> we're still figuring it out yeah. in a lot of ways and a lot has changed about the show since it started but the template of it was is not very different from what i was doing you know yeah on the you know the dead and alive guy birthday the other day lance romance you know the the fight club, you know, was something we were doing right away. Uh, mm -hmm. Matt figured out the film fight, you know, we, mm -hmm. so we could do two movies because I used to just review one movie, you know, and it's like, I, you know, Matt's competitive. And I was like, you know, I don't want to fight, you know, was, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, can't we just play the clips? Uh, you know, and, and we've added a lot of right. things, you know, over the year, but that template of just, you know, doing a whole segment that's planned that has nothing to do with sports where you're right. going to play yeah. clips from the Ten Commandments. You know, I was doing that on uh, on 1540. Right. Right. Uh, the bravery was uh, Don Martin and Matt, you know, who'd already been working a year together at uh, at 570, being open to, to me coming in and, mm. and doing that then. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was a shock to him and everybody involved. But <laughs> And, you know, it certainly freaked out all the older guys. You know, right. I, I did a lot of that when I, when I first started working. And now I realize just how goddamn annoying i must have been to everybody when i <laughs> when i first came into uh to the business around 2001 but uh when you were talking about maybe going to an island being by yourself your persona whether on tv or radio it's very accessible very friendly which means when you're out i'm sure people think oh well oh, sure you want me to come up yeah how do you deal with that i'm everyone yeah, thinks they I'm know you're grateful you. to see everybody yeah, yeah is. my wife yeah. is not uh sometimes my, my wife. wife gets a little I remember one night at the Admiral Risty. Oh yeah, you know she got a little frustrated. I don't you know, blame her because you know, well, you know, if you know, if I'm not there a lot, you know, and I've been traveling a bunch, you know, she's oh, yeah. fine. she gets it. Yeah, uh, and it's you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not famous. I'm public. That's mm. what I tell people. You know right. what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm not really a politician either. But right. you know, and sometimes you know, you'll hit a vein of people, and they know you. you yeah. Know? Like I was in Catalina the other day, and I realized, like, you know, after like 
an hour or two, I realized, like, oh, my God, you know, everybody on this island is just, you know, these are my people. You know, mm. people are from Santa Clarita, San Pedro, Glendale, Gardena. You know, they all been to the restaurant. They all have oh, a sure. connect. They all know a high school kid, and I mentioned his name on the challenge. Some of them are college football fans. Right. But, you know, I'll go to a place like that that's distinctly local. Yep. You know, because Catalina's not a place where people that aren't local travel to. You know, they, right. they wouldn't even figure out to. Uh, it's only people whose families are from Los Angeles. Those are my listeners. Yep. And you know really I mean? big fans of uh, Step Brothers. Ah, uh, there you is go. That yeah. movie, see, I'm seeing Catalina Wine. That's how OG yeah. I am. I have no idea what that is. Uh, yeah, that's where Natalie Wood died, all right? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two uh, harbors, man. Yeah. Too uh, soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I realized, like, wow, this is going to be, you know, and. You know, instead of being a little bitch about it, you know, I just embrace it. You know right. what I mean? I was at a bar, like, holding on to the back of an old man's head, like, you know, six hours later, like, ah, I love you, Jim. <laughs> you know, let's go Pacoima. You know, I mean, I, you know, and, yeah. and if I'm out and that's, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah. I grew up in a restaurant, you know, trying you desperately to, to make people yeah. happy. Well, right. And it was great for tips, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we we have no dignity. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, you know, and I, I'd like to think I have dignity. Right. But all somebody has to do is like, you know, just wink at me. And I'm just like, you know, whatever you want. Well, you're... I'll give him my hat. <laughs> you know, and it's a funny thing, too, like doing college yeah. football. It's yeah. like, you know, you'll be going to meet a coach and be like, yeah. man, this guy sucks. You know, this program sucks. Yeah. I hate this guy's offense. Yeah. So, how, how much are you? like your dad then in a weird way yeah but like you go to the football thing like you know that attitude and this happens to media people all the time yeah you know and it, my dad was like this too because if somebody would come you know that guy sucks he came into the restaurant oh yeah. i love you yeah. oh hello <laughs> you know but you know it, it'll happen all the time like the coach would be like you know hey pedros how how's your daddy or something like yeah. that you're like oh coach <laughs> you know then you're on the air going oh you know what they, they might have lost by 40, but give Coach a break. Yeah, right. You know, come yeah, on, right. God, right. God, give Coach a break. He they knows what he's to. doing. He's rebuilding this program. Right. No, you know, I mean, they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And I am just as gullible well, as a 20-year-old kid who's doing it his first time. Jobs, man. Right? All yeah, we all are. <laughs> well, Tom and I have talked about this a number of times when we were daily sports writers. What players and coaches didn't understand, all they had to do was make that little bit of effort. And, like, if I was writing something critical, I loved it when the person I was writing about wouldn't call me back. Great. I just can say whatever I want. But if I talked to him, I'd go, like, yeah. oh, he's a good yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't want to do right? it to him. Yeah. yeah, so just all you have to do is say, yeah. how you doing? Yeah. Oh, thank There's you. There's a yeah. human element that maybe people understand a little bit more now because the lines between what a real journalist is, and I'm, I'm not a no, journalist. No, it's hard. You know, the, the, yeah. the line is so blurry. Yeah. And it sucks now, you know, because really the people that cover these teams are fans mm -hmm. and they don't do the job. Right. Uh, you know, and I've never done the job. You know, I'm not a beat writer uh, or, uh, or a columnist or anything like yeah. that. You know, I have my own unique place. But, uh, you know, when I grew up, the writers did a job. Yes. You know, they followed us and they did a job. They were literary people. They knew how to write mm -hmm. and they held people accountable. You know, they did the Orwellian thing. You know, they printed what people did not want told. That mm -hmm. was their job. Right. Now, they kissed our ass a little bit. They were sports fans, and they well, liked being, just, right. you know, it's fun to be around a football right. team. Right. You know what I mean? But they did the freaking job. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that. I mean, I just see people that are fans that just give the message of the PR department. Right. They just, like a penguin, you know, throwing up in its baby's mouth. Yeah. They just throw up in the mouth of the of the fan. And you have fans listening. Right. And you have, I mean... <laughs> 
But you and I have talked about this. It's completely correct. When we were working, no, they're, you, could they're get, all you could get fired for that. If you told oh, someone yeah, yeah. who your team was, yeah. if, if you were a fan of a team, they would fire you. Now... Yeah, it's maddening. And it's just like, sports writers will say we and us. Yeah, and they're just not... Uh, they're just—they're not journalists, right? And it's like, so you're not a journalist. You're like a blogger or right. like a fan site, I don't know or what you know, mm -hmm. who credentialed you? Where you they're, suck. They're an aggregator, is basically what. They yeah, are. yeah, yeah. Aggregator is a good word to put. You know, that's a big word that I resisted for a long time, yes. but that—that that really is what they do. And so, you know, we still have journalists, right? You know, but in this town, especially, it's like. No, we have somebody that carries a tripod around and does uh, like web hits. It's not, yeah. you know, it's it's not the same. You you in fact have been accused the thing that you were supposed to do when you were a sports writer, which is you're from USC. You seem to give pretty good scrutiny to your your former school. Yeah. And in no way, whatever, if no one knew who you were, no one would ever guess that you had played football <laughs> at USC. Ever. No, no, I, yeah. I don't, I've I've you know, and I I'm not, you know super proud of everything I've done in that situation, but I stand by pretty mm -hmm. much 90% of it. You right. know, I've been petty and stupid over the years and I grew up covering USC. The reason my career took the arc that it did good or bad is because USC became really, really good right when I got into the media and right. there was nobody out there to interpret their message. A sideline reporter on the radio and then... Yeah, and then right, right, right. to the to the national yeah. uh, TV with Barry mm -hmm. on, Fo on cable, but right. uh, not network, but the Fox network. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, there was nobody, nobody really cared about the West Coast. So, yeah. You know, I, I was there to interpret the message. Right. So it was really good timing uh, for me. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting relationship, you mm -hmm. know, but I was never going to just, I didn't, I resented when somebody said, well, you have to do this because you played there. Well, yeah. You have to, this has to be your message. Yep. And uh, I would, you know, that, that's not me. That's no, right. never, you, you know, so, uh, I mean, I just, you know, I immediately resist that, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. or find a way subtly to resist right. it. And, yeah. uh, and I had the opportunity uh, when, uh, after a couple of years, I got offered a bigger job with Fox that we talked about and uh, SE offered me a job. Saying, you know, we, we could do a three man booth, and Pete would, oh, no, we can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of had to, like, you know, should I do, That's you right. know, should I wear a cardinal jacket my whole life right. and shake hands and right. fight on and, you know, get fired when Pete gets fired? Or, uh, you know, I want to see what the football office looks like in Pullman. Right. You know, and, uh, and that was a, you know, it was tearing a scab off. I, I decided to do the other. The, 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 the national thing, which was yeah. a better decision for me. Yeah. And I did that for nine years. And then I had to rip the scab off again and start mm -hmm. doing Big 12 games, you know, and mm -hmm. get comfortable in a new place with people that, you know, they don't even know me as a football player. They just think I'm an ugly guy that does games. And uh, and now I'm doing Big 10 games the last yeah. couple of years, you know. So there's always, and I'm 41, you know, so there's always new horizons, new experiences right. to have. And, you know, I enjoy that part of it. But... When it comes to my alma mater, I've always been hypercritical, mm -hmm. uh, probably a little too much. But at the same time, you know, what's happened at my alma mater in the last 15 years has been unprecedentedly disastrous. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had two guys who I know well uh, and saw coming uh, personally implode uh, on the job. And then another guy to use chaos as a ladder and is now the head coach. Mm -hmm. Uh and which is, you know, he's a good guy. And right. We all agree on that. But, uh, and then, you know, the, the, the problems at the university yes. had beyond the athletic department were, uh, 
that's my era too. You right. Know, that's my wife, my sister, Trojans, you know, they're people that use the medical facilities there. Uh, they've done a lot of fundraising at my dad's restaurant. You know, yeah. I know a lot of the people involved, Max Nikias, and a lot of it really just turned me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really proud of the reporters for the Times, especially the two that went to USC yes. uh, with that story. Uh, so, you know, and I did the PA there and, you know, I mm-hmm. wasn't super dedicated to it one year because I was doing other work and I kind of wanted to come back to it. And they, they did, I mean, they have every right to fire somebody, right. but they kind of texted me and didn't even tell me I had to ask. So, so, you know, I got kind of butthurt about right. it, but I'm, I'm currently trying to climb the ladder of repair. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't have much hope for them on the field, but, uh, Let me, but, but I think, uh, you know, I think they're, they're headed in a better direction. Let me ask an actual sports question. The PAC 12 now seems to inhabit this nether region between the four power conferences themselves mm-hmm. and then well, the mid-majors. That's not true. <laughs> well, they seem to be in a bit of a, a lull. Well, they had a lot, rough couple of years, but is this uh, temporary or is this? Nah, well, you know, you have there has to be teams that can physically push Auburn mm-hmm. or Georgia or Ohio State off the ball. Yeah, uh, USC is not a physical football team. They're not coached that way. They don't have those players. Right. Uh, that train has left the station. Mm-hmm. You know, that balloon has popped. Uh, so you know, like what Bill Plasky was saying the other day, like ah, student body right. It's like well. <laughs> You know, uh, even if you put them in that formation, you know, it's like, you know, it's like putting a bunch of cats in that formation and going like, ah, you know, they're going to do shit. Uh, So, uh, so. uh, Oh, God, I can't get that image out of my head. To me, you know, I mean, if they're going to be good, they have to do uh, what they do. But, you know, to to be able to physically push those elites off the ball, you have to be elite physically and have the mentality. They yes. had that under Pete Carroll, but who can be elite physically on the West Coast? Who has the players? There's only three teams currently. Washington, who can do it. Uh, defensively, they did it in a playoff game, and they were just in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they didn't play well offensively in that game because Jake Browning's probably not that dynamic of a guy. But Washington is there mm-hmm. physically and on defense. They're there. Uh, Stanford is there in a way. Uh, they, you know, their depth is an issue. But, I mean, they're pretty versatile. Uh, they can push those teams off the ball right. in, in a football game. Right. Believe it or not, Utah can. We've seen mm-hmm. it done. You know, we, we saw it done. But USC in their current form cannot, mm. you know. Uh, and to me, that's what you see. That's why, you know, well, Clay Held won 10 games two years. And I was like, okay, yeah. But when you played against Ohio State, they didn't move one inch. Mm-hmm. You know, when you played against Alabama, they didn't move one inch. It was embarrassing. Mm. Uh, that's why Michigan had to hire Harbaugh. They'll, they'll let him win six games a year there in a way that they would never let a guy like Rich Rod because that's the football they're used to. Yep. They want to see them grind it out. They, that's that's their mentality. And it's weird to me that USC's sitting here in a spread yeah. and uh, nobody goes, hey, wait. You know, now they're just starting to. And I've been saying it, you know, for three years. It's very odd. Right. So basically they're taking themselves out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, right. I mean, because if they can't physically dominate at the line of scrimmage when they need to, they can't compete in the playoffs. But could it be that the Pac-12 is the first conference that is feeling the effects of parents no. saying, I don't want my kids playing no, football? No, no, yeah. The West Coast still, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of that. But right. it's, I don't think it has anything to do with the Pac-12. I, okay. I think if you look at the SEC, a lot of what you think about it is skewed by the national television contract that they have. They have power teams and they have have-nots, just yeah. like we have. Right. If you look at the Big Ten, it's exactly the same way. Right. 107,000 people at Michigan, 35,000 in West Lafayette, you know, right. uh, uh, down the road. So, 
you know, uh, it's not really that different. The ACC okay. has freaking Wake Forest in it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think because we're close to it here. Right. And they made a mistake with the Pac-12 network. They made mm. a distinct mistake. And it's they've suffered for it. Now, on the field, they've had a rough couple of years. But is every football innovation coming from the Pac-12 is the best rookie in the NFL from the Pac-12? Those The answer is yes. Yeah. You know, uh, the West Coast is the innovative place for football right. in this country. It ain't Tuscaloosa. It's not Auburn, Alabama. It's not Ohio State. You know, they play football in a different way. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not Notre Dame, I could tell you that much. You know, it's interesting. Uh, when he changed the grass and they let him change the grass... You know, that was huge. That's a big deal. And that kind of freaked me out. Mm. And they know? got training tables and shit, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Never happened. But, you know, I understand to a certain, you know, the kicking and screaming and resisting change and being dragged into the 21st century, you know, is not fun for a lot of us. And some stuff should never change. But I yeah. think some stuff should. You know, people did get hurt on that grass a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. there's no oh, doubt. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this guy plays a faster brand of football. You know, it bothers me because I played on that grass and I want to see USC Notre Dame on that grass slogging it out in mm-hmm. late October. That's what I want to see. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay to accept some. Like when the first started doing the hitting, you know what I mean? Uh, when they first started uh, uh, changing the way guys hit and calling stuff, I, mean, I was just appalled. You know, I'd be doing the games and I'd be in the talk back. Like, we just can't even play anymore. This is ridiculous. You know, I mean, you're just like, really emotional about right. it. And, you know, over the years I've started to see, hey, you know what? The kids are doing pretty good. You know, the game is exciting and they're not out there like literally trying to murder each other like mm-hmm. we were. We wanted to murder each other. Mm-hmm. We wanted to. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so, you know, you see things change for the positive and it makes you feel a little bit better. Well, explain about the injuries that you've been through and, and, and to piggyback what time on that is too, it? I know we have. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Soon. It's what's it? Oh, you're good. I can good? do the injuries. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just okay. Qu- one of the coolest things I ever saw was last. We got plenty of time. April when uh, he and Matt were out at the golf tournament. Tiger mm-hmm. Woods. They got a nice exclusive with Tiger. So after the interview was over, he and Tiger it was leverage to the hilt. He Steve. and Tiger. He and Tiger are comparing leverage injuries. Leverage up the ass. <laughs> and Tiger says. You're talking about your oh, injuries. Oh, he wanted to talk about. Uh, he he about, asked, "Did you guys get shot up?" Yeah, yeah. He wanted to talk about USC uh, injury culture, right, uh, right? Which is a relatively famous yeah, uh, right. in the world of football behind right. the scenes. Right. Uh, and uh, we had a very interesting conversation. It was, you know. It was fun to uh, watch. Uh, I went through, I mean, I always say that I'm not unique. You know, everybody gets hurt, this and that. But the truth is, you know, the injury I had was was especially horrible. Uh, I shattered my right foot in 1999. I've had, I don't know, eight or nine surgeries on it. Uh, the original injury was a very bad injury. You know, all the, it, it, it just cleared out the joint. Everything was gone except for this bone ear. Like, everything was gone. It was mm-hmm. like a bag of cereal. Yeah. And uh, in repairing it, which was a long reparation, of course, I got a staph infection. Mm-hmm. And, but the staph infection was in the bone, right. which is osteomyelitis, which means, you know, you have a good chance of losing your leg. So I fought through that for about six months, you know, from running a really good 40 and thinking you're going to have to, you know, play in the NFL and run down on somebody's kickoff team to living in a hospital bed. It really mm-hmm. did kind of humble me a lot as a mm-hmm. person, you know. I've been varying degrees of an asshole in my life, but this was kind of like, well, do you, uh, you, do you know, do you think you have CTE or do you worry about that stuff? You know, you don't know until you die, but right. uh, certainly I feel that kind of stuff, you really? know, but you know, I, uh, the foot thing yeah. I did work through, you know, right. and, uh, 
you know, I had a pick line and, you know, a wheelchair and slowly started running. I scored eight touchdowns on the one little leg. You know, I went back and played one more year. Mm. Obviously, you know, that wasn't a dream of mine, but whatever. Well, it wasn't I was, a great team either. But. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, <laughs> whatever I was going to do in the NFL was going to be over. You know, I couldn't right. pass the physical, uh, which was fine with me. I didn't want to play anymore. My foot still really, really hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, and, uh, but that was, you know, kind of the story as far as the other stuff, which is actually much more disturbing. You know, I was a violent football player right. and, you know, I, I had to play that way. I right. had to hit everybody with my head and face. Otherwise I would not, if I wasn't violent enough, I wasn't going to be good right. enough. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't cat-like. Right. Uh, I was very fast, but I was very fast right to your Adam's apple. Right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, and I had to be violent to get, to, 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 to get up toward the top of the depth chart at SC in the first place. And you know, I, I really paid my dues in practice in the, then, then more than I did in the games. You know, back then you could destroy yourself in USC practices. And yeah. if you don't believe me, ask, you know, ask Charles White, ask anybody. Uh, yeah, those were wars before they changed the rules. Now I sound like a really old man. Mm. Uh, but you know, as far, like, I just remember getting hit and, you know, not, not often, but not, uh, infrequently either, you know, it just your face is like a TV and everything just turns off and then it comes back on and yeah. you're somewhere else. Right. Uh, happened to me in a football game once against Oregon state and it was really visible on TV. And, uh, it's kind of funny if you're not me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I did, I was doing an event for Mike Riley and, uh, they played it like for like 2000 beeves and everybody's laughing. Right. And I, I like, I don't know what happened to me because usually you know me. I don't care if people say anything about me, but I was like, it freaked. I had a moment of like this really to. horribly frightened moment, and it right. kind of shocked me. I don't watch myself play football. I don't watch. No, but tape. It, that has got to be. It freaked me out. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? And uh, you know, I go to a lot of therapy, do stuff like that. But I think just like for anybody, it's just you know you have to learn you whatever it. to stay two yards away from what your emotions are. Maybe sometimes five, you know, and whatever your emotions are, just to try to. You know, because doing what I do for work, too, it's like that's when I get most emotional because I got to kind of strip raw to do the radio show and perform. Right, right. And I find myself getting, you know, hurt easily and uh, more offended when I'm doing that than in my normal life. I'm kind of better at dealing with it. Mm. Well, that kind of rolls into the, la the last thing I want to ask you about was I, I get up early in the morning to move my car. So I hear you go on with, with uh, Clay, yeah. Clay Travis. Clay Travis is probably one of the most polarizing sports talk show hosts around. And you've known him for a long time. We were talking about this earlier about who, who do you compare him to? I mean, you know, very conservative. Wally George, he's very, right? Nah, nah, nah. He's, very he's, he's so he's calm, right? You know. But when I when I think Wally wasn't calm. When I think about why you would go on with him, I would think right away, why would you do that? But then, when you have a conversation with somebody who's even at opposite, if it's the art of conversation, it's the art of knowledge, it's the art of of, of learning something new. I always learn something new when I listen to you two guys talk. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons why you like to go on there? or Well, what's kind of I, your... I like Clay. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I knew him before. Right. I mean, when I, when I met Clay, he used to yell and scream and defend Obama to oh, people. Really? Mm. You, you know, go. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, uh, which I don't care about either. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, right. uh, uh, I mean, I. I'm not very political, and, and I don't really think anybody would ever want to tune in to hear my opinion. Now, for a guy like Clay, it's different. He's right. got a law degree, and uh, he's got a different kind of audience. And I get it. You know, uh, I get it. I don't, you know, I don't begrudge anybody their style. You know, I certainly do things differently 
you know, uh, I've done sports talk radio differently for a long time. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of stuff on sports talk radio before a lot of people were doing, Matt and I were doing, you know, bachelorette oh, reports, right. oh, you yeah. know, long before people did stuff like that right. in sports or just general radio. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't begrudge him his style or anything like that. Not everything he does I agree with. Not everything he does I disagree with. Uh, I don't have a problem having a conversation with somebody. I think the problem we have these days is we're just overly, and it's it's rich me saying this, but we're just overly ruled by emotion. You know, people that are just completely and totally emotional mm -hmm. uh, who don't want to have a conversation logically on one side or the other make it impossible for the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and they you really know. do. And yeah. you've got to say, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. You know, like there's a gun to your head, like you're right. in a voter's booth. Yeah. And it's like, you know, that's not the world. I think no. we all know that. You yeah. know, we all had crossover overlaps and relationships with with uh with significant others. You know, the world is gray. Changed, you know, like we've changed our opinions. Well, look at the Serena Williams thing. You know, it's like you can say Serena Williams is the greatest female athlete. She's an inspiration. She's uh she's a marvel. And she was wrong. Those two things can be exactly right. Yeah, they can right. both be right. Yeah. Right. You know, and you're not a racist if you say that. And you're not uh and 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 on the other side, you're not some kind of, you know, uh some sycophant. Yeah, weirdo uh, freak mm -hmm. who loves her and yeah. you know, but and that's what offends me about our work. It's like, you know, she's a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. But there's people saying, oh, no, no, this uh, reflects our society. It's like, no, 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 don't use it to paint your own BS. Mm. Oh, the, you know, the, the part that C was talking about, and we had a discussion about this, the laziest part is when people say it's PC, right? Or what? what oh, yeah, what those we, kinds of things. Where Oh, it's just the easiest yeah. place to yeah. go. And it's such I'm sorry a, you were offended. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry yeah. you were offended by that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such, a, it's such a fast place for all of us to go. We're so quick to point a right. finger and like, oh, no, no, that guy's a racist. Or, oh, no, no, that guy doesn't know. You, you don't get what I'm saying. That guy's a fascist or that yeah. guy's right. a socialist. And it's like, I mean, what happened? Well, we started labeling each other when everything got, you know, deduced right. to however many characters. And we would you have on Twitter. We would put it on them for not understanding us. Yeah. 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 Like, come on. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it's okay to be uh, a little bit questioning of everything coming at you these mm -hmm. days. And I feel like, you know, in a lot of our world, like, if you don't question, if you question anything, you can be labeled right away. Right. Yeah. And it can really hurt you. Right. And uh, it's a very weird, interesting time uh, to, to do this kind of work. Well, in your line of work, are you are, are you under any kind of pressure to always have an opinion about something? Can you well, just I say, I don't to. know? I, know? I refuse to. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, I, like the anthem thing. It's like, yeah. you know, it's too nuanced. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't understand the military is an advertiser with the NFL. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing we don't want to do, I mean, I say a lot of stuff on the air. One thing I don't do is piss off advertisers. Right. And that's a big time advertiser. And right. obviously it yeah. skews things. Because now, you know, they started doing the anthem with the players out there on TV because the military's advertising. Because the military has recruitment stations set up, right. NCAA and NFL. Okay, well, I respect the military. I don't think this sure. is a bad country. But I also respect the guys that don't think they're getting a fair shake by mm -hmm. the cops. You know, I'm not a black guy. Right. I, I play football at USC. I'm right. captain of the football team. I know a lot of black guys. I, yeah. I know that they're not making that up. Right. You know, so, I mean, but I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, Colin Kaepernick is is Muhammad Ali. Hell no. Muhammad Ali did interviews. Right. You know, he was accessible. What does this guy do? Yeah. You know, I don't know what he does. He wears a dashiki, uh, you know, and he's got big hair. He, I mean, I know he does some good work, but my point right. is, right. you know, Nike is a capitalist company. It's a mm -hmm. global brand. They're selling shoes with the, this 
with a social message right. to people that think it's cool to have a social message, but really they're just buying shoes. I mean, right. it's just the whole thing is stupid. <laughs> right. You know, it's right. a, you know, it's a ridiculous argument to have, and then you know, people be like, "No, you need to take a stand." It's like take a stand on what? It's right. jello. Yeah. I'm not going to stand on yeah. it. It's quicksand. None yeah. of it means anything. Yeah. You know, everybody's got a weird interest in it, and the truth is, the problem is that the NFL and their players' union can't figure it out. It's the NFL's problem to figure out. It's not right. ours. Everybody feels like they have a say in the NBA. You know, LeBron does all kinds of social activism, stands for the anthem. Right. You know, they haven't figured out. You know, I mean, whether you should, I don't, I don't even think we should have the anthem. Okay. I don't either. You know, why? Why don't we have the anthem before the Taylor Swift show? What the hell? What are right. we doing? Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense but because of the advertiser. But if we're going to have the anthem, then, you know, uh, they should figure out something with the players' union so you don't alienate half of your viewership because the right. truth is right. it pisses those people yeah. off. I go to Oklahoma. I go mm -hmm. to Texas. I, I do games all over the country. I love all kinds of different people and they don't freaking like it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that translates to, you know, somebody, you know, in the CNN building or in the, or in a building, you know, where they're, uh, talking down to people. I think people kind of, there's a backlash against yeah, that. Yeah, you can't talk down to them. Yeah, I, I really think do think that, really that really well, there is. It's like the aftermath of the McCain thing that when he passed away, the thing was that he could dis be in disagreement with someone and still respect that person, still be able to see their yeah, no, point we of have view. a race to the bottom now. Yes. And it's funny, you know, it's crossing over in sports. You see, you know, that idiot Mark Jones and, and the stuff with the, yeah, the Pac-12, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, all this, you know, Kirk, poor Kirk Herbstreet had to leave uh, Columbus, you know? I yeah. mean, mm, to move to people are, are not rational. You know, it doesn't bother, I'm not that popular, but after the games, we always, I look my name up on Twitter and I read all the tweets about what a terrible broadcaster I am and everybody has a laugh and then right. you put it away but some people take it real seriously i knew someone who used to get a lot of that and they wouldn't read it it said it messed with his head it they to. couldn't look at it i would think so should we do it all right hey we cannot thank you enough i'll really. come back this, I, I, please I this was wonderful am i gonna really get in trouble am i gonna get braylon edwards did uh, i do anything bad? no no i, <laughs> I just i'm still seeing <laughs> i'm still seeing a pulling guard cat yeah. The cat, the yeah, cat, the cat they're coming the around. That's beautiful. Hey, this was great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Check us Thanks. out on our podcast, The Drill Morning Briefing. Check this is out a Petros. great show. You guys oh, are a great show. His show's he's a lovely good. human being. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye bye.